It's a black man Sunday Time to put all childish things away I told people that everybody on this call can be a millionaire in five years. And I go back to Google tax deed sales and then Google tax lien sales. All of the information is on YouTube. Uh, we don't have to reinvent the wheel. We can duplicate success. So I'm, I'm telling you, we're, I'm telling you that it's possible. Not just because I, I know about it is because I do it. Right. And so I'm giving you game that most people aren't going to give you. And, and to your point, um, you, you know, what you're talking about earlier, wealthy people aren't necessarily going to give us the answer, right? Uh, a, a, a lion isn't going to tell a gazelle how to get away. With knowledge is power. And historically, in order to keep power, you keep knowledge. And that's why I'm like, I, I'm like Robin Hood. Um, I, I, I rob from the rich and, and give to the poor. And so what, and that's what this is about, right? And so you, we can't expect the wealthy to teach middle-class or lower socioeconomic uh, folks the keys, right? Because we become competition. If they taught us everything it is to know to how to start a business, we may start a business that's their competition. And because let, let's, let, this is Black Men Sunday, if our business is targeting Black folks, right? People of color, they're going to be the majority, like 2040, 2045, right? Right now, Black folks make up around 14% of the U.S., Hispanics around uh, about 19, 20%, and Asian make about uh, 8%. If wealthy gave all of those folks the information, the majority, who are mainly white, may not be the, the, the powerhouse that they are now, right? Because we may become competition. So I think it's imperative that we share this knowledge amongst each other. You know, it's interesting you say that. Have you ever noticed when you go into certain communities, um, you see like a uh, beauty supply store or a Chinese restaurant, all these people, they're doing exactly the same thing that you're saying. They pull their money together. When you go to a Chinese restaurant or, or, or a beauty supply store, it's the same. They use the same supplier and they fund their own store. And they feed back to each other. You know, you go to, I mean, the menus all look the same. The tables look the same. Everything is identical. And it's amazing how they're able to come together and be able to um, work on their, you know, being financially secure. But we as a people, we don't do that. We'd like to, you know, try to tear each other down and look down on someone when they're trying to um, do well. So, you know, sometimes you just have to kind of look and watch how other cultures do their thing to learn, you know, the, you know, the best way of, of strategizing in order to, you know, build wealth in your community. And that's what thing, that's one thing I hate to see, you know? Yeah. But, uh, I, but, I, but I, 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 I'll bring it back to like the African Babylonian days and Mansa Musa and things like black folks. If you look at Egypt, that's Africa, right? Asian isn't just a country, that's in Africa. There's a lot of wealth still in Africa. There was advanced civilizations, like a lot of mathematics and science came from Africa, right? And we know that because of slavery and all of these different things, power has shifted, right? It wasn't that we didn't know this information, it was that information was taken away and withheld. 
right? And so I, I do think that there's a resurgence of getting this information back and trying to um, level the wealth gap, right? Um, because like I said, by 2053, Black wealth will be down to zero in the United States, right? So we're not on a good path, but together we can do anything. And there's that African proverb that say, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, you go together, you know? And so when Corey reached out to me, he's like, look, I want you to pull up. He's like, we're going to do it together, right? When I sent out a text blast to 5,000 of my people uh, from my financial literacy course, I said, Corey, I got it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to pull up. Everybody isn't, you know, willing to get the information and receive it. Sometimes you're going to be on a different page at, the diff at a different time, right? But on this call, I invited via text over 5,000 people. There's only going to be, everybody can't be a CEO, you know? But can the CEOs get together and can the CEOs find a good team around them in order to create change in the community? And I think we only need a couple leaders, right? If I if, if I can educate, like I said, 20,000 from my bedroom with my wife's help, we can do anything, right? We just need to find the people on our frequency and wavelength. And so don't go out there and try to find somebody that's not on the same page and same book. Figure out people that's on the same frequency, same same wavelength, going in the same direction, but also that has strengths and skills and capabilities that you don't have. And so, like, I don't know how to do podcasts, but I can go to Corey, right? Corey can teach me something in about 30 minutes that may take me, you know, three months or maybe even three years to figure out. And some of the stuff that I just told you, and like I only explained it in a couple of minutes around tax deeds and tax liens. It may have taken you like 20 years to even know that that existed, right? So how can we duplicate success and not reinvent the wheel, come together as one because we're powerful together? You know, we just need to understand like we're expending all of our energy trying to bring everybody up. There's a there's a saying that even though the trees and the grass come from the same place, they're not on the same level, Right. You can come from the same neighborhood, the same city, the same ethnic group, but everybody's not going to have that 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 zero mindset. And zero mindset is is something that I coined where just like I'm giving myself zero excuses. I'm only coming solution based. It is like zero problems, like find a problem and think of 10 solutions. Like when you get around those kind of people, the Corey's of the world, the Eric's of the world, um, the Callie's of the world, you know you guys are going to be like unstoppable, you know? And so that's the only reason that we've been able to do everything that we've done. Shout out to TI. Uh, I was just hanging out with him at the correction. Um, sorry, not the correctional, but the um, congressional black caucus. Um, cool kids sponsored one of the um, receptions that he actually performed at met a bunch of senators and legislators. Um, this is what we need to do in order to come together. You know, could Dr. Philip go a little deeper and, how to utilize the credit cards for um, purchasing real estate. I mean, people speak about it and they make it seem so easy, but no one really gives the direct, you know, play for it. Yeah. So this is, this is the thing. So you have personal credit cards or you can get business credit as well. And so one of those master classes, we, we teach you how to get business credit, right? So let's just say you have $20,000 balance on your personal and maybe your business credit, you have twenty or thirty thousand. Now, with tax deed sales, um, particularly, you can and even let, let's go tax liens, right? 
if your credit card is charging you 18%, but you're in a state where they're going to uh, give you for a tax lien, 25% rate of return, you can take money off of your credit card. And there's, there's websites that allow you to do that. They take a, a, a usually like a 3% fee. They'll let you take that whole $20,000 off of your credit card. They'll charge you 3%. The, the crazy thing, and I know people who do this, um, that they actually, it looks like a retail transaction. So you actually get points in the process. <laughs> so you're taking money off your credit card with a third party company. You get that check. And let's say the credit card company is, is charging you 18%. If you're investing it at 25 to 30% into real estate, then you're making more. Like when I go back to inflation versus having your money in the bank, long as the interest you're making is higher than the interest you're being charged, it doesn't matter, right? Because you're using other people's money, but that's just from your personal. Now you get a business credit card and you're pulling money from there. On these tax deed sales, these tax lien sales, you're buying properties for pennies on the dollar. Um, in my town, just, just the, the other day, I just wanted to show my buddy an example. There was two pieces of land that were being sold, a uh, fairly affluent area that I'm in, but it was being sold on a tax deed sale. It sold for 17000 That land is worth about fifty to 60000 There was another one that sold for $2,000. Now, this land is in a pretty impoverished area, so it's probably only worth about you know, let's say that land that was sold for two thousand, maybe only worth around uh, twenty thousand dollars now. But with gentrification, because we live in an affluent area, even that area that's in the hood is close to all of these luxury amenities. Ten years from now, that's going to get gentrified, and that two thousand dollar property that you got on a tax deed sale will probably be worth sixty or seventy thousand, maybe more. And so you can, and let's say you decide to flip property. You can buy something on your credit card, right? Pull out the money, buy it on your credit card, go buy one of these tax properties, flip it, pay your credit card back, and now you still have cash to spend to go invest in something else. So I'm not saying to utilize credit cards all the time. Uh, another strategy you can use is if you have a 401k, you can get a 401k loan. Um, right about now, I think it's probably eight to 9% interest that they charge you to get a 401k loan. Now, this is not a taxable event. So this is not something that I'll call it, that you'll have to pay taxes on later because it's a loan, right? If you cash out of your 401k, you're going to, it's a taxable event, but getting a 401k loan is not, right? So let's say you said, okay, I want to pull some of my 401k money, right? I got 20,000 that they'll give me for a 401k loan. And I want to go buy some of these tax deed properties or some of these tax lien properties. Well, you go flip it, right? Pay your pay your 401k back. Now you still have the cash. Or you just decide like, I'm just going to use that money and keep flipping it. I don't want to pay the 401k loan back because it's only, they're only charging me 9% interest. And I'm out here making 100%, 200% on my money. So it just depends on how you want to do it. So hope that answered the question. But, you know, there's Look at how you can utilize other people's money, you know, and um, that's how the, the wealthy do it. You know, that's why they don't pay down their property. They just keep pulling money out of it like it's a bank and then go buying other assets. Right. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah I've right. used my 401 for investments, but it's just always that I think where I get stuck is pulling it off the credit card. Just use an example of just buying the land, right? So I'm buying the land, but I'm not getting income off that land coming in. So now I'm paying that credit card back with 
what? You know, that's yeah. the way I get a little. <laughs> yeah, and that's a great question. I can tell you that we bought some land uh, earlier in the year for 13000 in Florida. Uh, we sold the land, uh, I think, four months later for 60000 uh, And so, you know, it's it's like, so you may have, but if you hold something for less than a year, you're going to have to pay less and more taxes on it. If you hold it for longer than a year, it's less taxes. But we we flipped it because we had another property. So we 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 basically bought something for around thirteen thousand, flipped it for sixty thousand, and then we went and bought with that sixty thousand and some other assets. We went and bought another property cash. Um, so there's different ways you can do it, right? But when you're buying property at such a depressed value, real estate is crazy, and not a lot of people know about tax deeds and tax liens. So when you can buy a piece of real estate for pennies on a dollar, you can easily flip it, right? And and it's just like every all of the information is on online, right? You can do uh, quick claim deeds. You can do a, a whole host of different things um, in order to sell the property. We actually bought this land. The only thing we did, and we never actually went to go see the land, by the way. We did our research online. We looked at all of the tax records. We did a Google street view so we knew the neighborhood. We did a, a satellite view of the neighborhood. And there's different things which you call doing your due diligence. We did our due diligence and we knew that this, we were going to go up to $20,000 on this land because we knew the land was worth 60, right? Just so happens that we outbidded everybody and it was only 13,000. Well, but we did our homework before we bought that land because we knew there were active pieces of property that were selling for fifty to sixty thousand with the same dimensions blocks away. But most people don't know that they can buy real estate through tax deeds and tax liens, right? So the fact that you bought it at thirteen thousand doesn't mean anything. It's still worth sixty thousand, you know. So when you do your homework, you'll you'll factor in all of those things and then Hopefully you won't, if you decide to, to buy it and flip it, you won't have that property for too long. So you can pay back your 401k, you can pay back your credit cards and things like that. So um, lots of different strategies out there. But part of it is just knowing your, you, you know, your, your comparable market analysis. And I would say that the people that everybody on this call should have on speed dial, you are like these five people. Your wealth to be determined by these five people, Right. You need a realtor, <laughs> you need an accountant, you need, need a certified public advisor or a certified financial planner. Um, you need an estate planning attorney and you need somebody that like maybe even a business lawyer that that can get you, um, you know, all of the different things that you need to do with, to protect yourself. Um, those are the people that we should have on our team. Right. And so you'll have your phone and friend group. There's a book called. Uh, what would the Rockefellers do? And shout out to my 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 buddy in Atlanta. He's a certified financial advisor, um, Sean. He's the one who gave me the game. He said, "Go read this book. It'll it'll explain you the game. It'll teach you about all these things about what the Rockefellers did versus what the Vanderbilts did." And in that book, it talked about surrounding yourself with these people and how you can protect your wealth for generations. And the Vanderbilts didn't do that, and that's why they're broke. And the Rockefellers still have, you know hundreds of billions of dollars probably trillions at this point and someone just recommended that book literally on thursday so that must be a hot one yeah so i would I two books that are a must read is that one uh what would the rockefellers do and another book called um the power of zero 
the power of zero tells you about some tax strategies. I briefly mentioned it about how you can pay zero taxes. Like the majority of people are going to be paying taxes once they cash out their 401k. There are ways you can be in a zero tax bracket when you're in retirement. And that's with a Roth IRA, because you already paid taxes on it, a Roth 401k, because you already paid taxes on it, or a whole life insurance where you're pulling money out. And so when you pull money out of a life insurance policy, that's not a taxable event. And so those are thing, three things that the wealthy use so that they don't pay taxes. Um, and like, once you know about it, like I gave it to you, I, I gave you the spoiler, but those three vehicles allow you not to pay any taxes once you're in retirement. But if you think that a traditional 401k is the way to go and you're not invested into a Roth 401k, uh, which has no taxes when you take it out, you know, you don't have the full picture. And so like having people around you with the knowledge, they'll give you the game. And then with that game, you can create change. Uh, Michael Thompson from uh, Tomlin, Alabama. Corey, I want to thank you for, for creating this platform. I think it's wonderful for the outlet of information that you're bringing to the community. And I want to thank, um, thank Eric Player for inviting me to this uh, particular forum. Dr. Marlin, uh, one, one, Dr. Fuller, one of the things that as, as you've been talking and been explaining things, um, one of the things that comes to mind is, as the previous questions was asked was a centered around credit and how to leverage credit. And you mentioned about um, business and credit cards. And also you spoke about, um, you know, tax liens and how to uh, acquire different assets or properties. Uh, maybe you can afford the, the community here today to expound on that as it relates to um, leveraging uh, lines of credit and how lines of credit uh, basically at a lower, you know, rate, interest rate can give you an advantage um, from that standpoint and how that can be an advantage to you, as well as looking at different properties uh, that you may be looking at and having a realtor or somebody on your team that has some kind of insight on different zonings, right? When you're gaining a property and you have a zoning and there may be a mall coming in in the next six months because they're paying attention to the, you know, the advancement of that community, a repurposing of that, which will give you a exponential amount of investment um, you know, windfall, if you're able to time that and, and get that money, uh, get that property and sit on it as well as acquiring properties. And maybe, um, not necessarily if you have a, a tenancy or a structure on that property that it affords you more value in going into a bank to get more lines of credit, rather than it be, if it's just a plain sl slate of field because you're showing purpose and utilization. And I'll leave it at that. And maybe that'll give a, a lot of things for you to be able to, to afford the community on, on as far as strategies. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Mr. Thomas, uh, thank you for that. And so you, you mentioned a, a, a couple of different things. I'll talk about uh, the lines of credit, right? Is if you get a home equity line of credit on your house, it's going to be at a very cheaper uh, interest rate than a credit card, right? And so I know not everybody owns real estate, but let's say if you did own real estate, your home equity line of credit, you know, a few years ago would have been more like five, you know, four or five percent. Uh, now it may be, you know, seven to nine percent for a home equity line of credit, but still much cheaper than using a credit card, which is charging you in some cases 30 percent nowadays, uh, maybe a little bit higher. Um, going with the 401k loan at seven to nine percent. I don't know the exact rates that are right now, but I'd say it's, I think it's around eight or nine percent. 
much cheaper than utilizing a credit card, right? So where can you get money, other people's money, um, and acquire it at a lower interest rate is always going to be primary. But for those who don't have a 401k, those who don't own property, I, I would say, you know, look into a credit card, look in, look into your family, look into your circle. Do you have people around you that will give you a loan and an agreement? Do you have a, a uncle, a business owner, an aunt, a grandparent, um, somebody that can give you a loan? Or can you pull your efforts? We talked earlier about, you know, everybody coming together. It takes a village. Is there a group of friends that you have that each by each each one of you contribute $2,000? You know, five of you have 10000 together and you start buying some of these tax deed liens and some of these... Uh, uh, these uh, properties via that vehicle. Um, I, I did like the the thought where you said, you know, can you get loans on property? So the bank is going to give you something that has utilities and it's up and running. Let's say if it's a rundown place in Indiana, it's only worth twenty thousand dollars because it has a hole in the in the roof and and but it's a house on the property because it's a house on the property. It has some kind of utilities. Um, so it's going to have generally electric, electrical, uh, may or may not have water. So it may be well, it may or may not have public sewer, may have a septic on it, but because it has a lot of the infrastructure in place, you may be able to go to the bank and say, I bought this, you know, $15,000 and you know, they, they don't care how much you bought it for. They just know the value of it. Right. Can you give me a loan or equity line of credit or a rehab? And there's all kinds of rehabs you can do. There's even rehabs like a 203B loan that you can get to convert a single family into a duplex or a duplex into a triplex. I think it goes up to, you can make a fourplex out of it. There's loans out there that they'll give you in order to rehab properties. Um, and then I think your, your, your last point is just about just being able to hold on to land. So but besides that team that I talked about who you should have around you, and you mentioned like a realtor, right? Realtors generally know what's going on. Um, you need to be researching what the plans, what's the master plan developments and things like that. So the, the town zoning and planning office are some folks that you may want to have on your team, or you may need to do Google alerts to get you the up to date as to what's happening in a particular county that you're looking at but you follow the money. If a big development or somebody's going to spend $200,000 to create a condo complex in that area, if somebody's spending 200 million, I mean, $200 million for a condo complex, if they're putting that money there, that may be some place that you should look at too, right? Because all of those places, you know, those, let's say it's a, it's a, it's a huge complex, they're going to need supermarkets, resources, they're going to need services. So you're going to start seeing grocery stores, gas stations, schools, and all of that stuff. Once they get the infrastructure there, then people are followers. They're like, okay, you know, somebody has to do it. Like I'm in Orlando, Florida. This was nothing out here but land before Walt Disney bought up thousands of acres of land. So the reason that people are here now is because one person saw a vision. Now, these investors, these big uh, groups, they see the vision. They did the homework, right? When you see them putting money somewhere, but it's because they know 10, 15, 20 years from now, maybe it's a, a you know, a Orlando of the 1950s, right? But they see the vision of how Orlando can be in 2023, right? He bought his land for pennies on the dollar back then, right? Because nobody saw the vision, but 
now everybody came on board. Now all the companies and everything else came with them, right? The same thing is just like, do your homework, figure out where the money is going, and then you just, you just follow it. But if somebody is investing tens of millions, hundreds of millions, even billions into an area, you have to start thinking like, they probably know more than I do. So maybe I need to go ahead and scoop up some of these tax deed cells and tax lien cells in that same proximity in the five or 10 minute radius of that, that location, because it's eventually going to expand where real estate isn't going down. If you look at long-term, it's not going down and people want to be close to their jobs, activities, restaurants, good school systems, and they, they don't want to travel anymore. Right. And so people are willing to spend more. The, the days of, of gentrification are like every place is gentrifying. The wealthy and middle class do not want to travel an hour or two to get to work. So the hood in 50 years, name a hood. If it's by resources, jobs, airports, those types of things, it will not be the hood in 50 years. So don't look at a property now and say, oh, I wouldn't live there. You don't have to live there. Somebody has to live there. You can do like this gentleman said and just hold it. Right. Do not sell. Never sell a piece of real estate unless it's to it's to buy more real estate. Right. And to double up and things like that. But for the most part, I say don't sell. I, I only sold. I, I named the property I sold. I only sold that property so I can get out of land and buy a condo cash, something that's going to produce income on a monthly basis. That's the only reason I sold that property. Right. Because I was using one thing to buy something else. So, um, but thanks for your points, Mr. Thomas, because uh, they're, they're spot on. Uh, awesome response. Can you talk about health and how it equates to wealth? Oh yeah. That's um, one of the things, and it's on my album, you know, health is wealth because time's your greatest asset. That's one of the last lines on my album uh, from, the, from the first album. And so a lot of people don't necessarily think of health and wealth. And I'll, I'll give you uh, an example of how that's true. Right. Steve Jobs, I think he died um, at 52 or 62. I forget what it was, but it was either his early 50s or early 60s, but he, he, he passed a billionaire. The only thing that the wealthy can't buy is more time. During the pandemic, I, I became friends with Chris Gardner. Chris Gardner is a man that the Pursuit of Happiness movie that Will Smith did was made after. And, and Chris Gardner is the one who shared with me, he was just like, you know, he he's the one who got me thinking about health as wealth. And he's just like, look, I can always make more money. Once you have knowledge, you can always make more money. I can go bankrupt. And this is just like facts. I can go bankrupt today, but I have knowledge that I can be a millionaire again because I have the knowledge. So I, I know how to it's wash, rinse, and repeat. You take all my money away and I can make it again. Um, but he was the one who said, you know, you, you, you don't have time. You can't, the wealthy can't buy time. And so how you get more time is through being healthy. Right. Um, there's going to be a third of the U.S. who are diabetics in, in the future. Right now, it's, it's around 10 or 11 percent that are diabetic. It's going to be a third of the population who are diabetic. Now, when you're diabetic, you have a higher risk of high blood pressure, cancer, cardiovascular disease, strokes and a whole bunch of different things. Right. Now, if you die, you cannot make money. Right. And not unless you, you have these these trust setups and vehicles where it's just going to keep making money for your the next generation. But you personally, once you're gone, you have no more abilities to impact your family's wealth, right? And we're doing a lot of things contrary to that. We're drinking sodas, which are acid, right? 
they not only <laughs> break down your bones, but they they make holes in your stomach called ulcers, right? We're doing things just contrary to like, we're eating a bunch of fried foods. Um, we're doing a lot of different things, right? We have so many different things that are coming at us from global warming to racism, to all of the different things that are affecting our community, but also other communities, right? The last thing we need to do is to make unhealthy choices. So my students in my, my, my classes, I tell them health is wealth. I want you out there exercising. I want you drinking water. I want you doing all the things like, you know, reading books because knowledge is power and you need to exercise your mental muscle as well. But if we don't live longer, we don't have the potential to make money. You look at Warren Buffett, who's worth many, many billions. He's also like 85 or 88 at this point, right? Just imagine if Warren Buffett passed away when he was Steve Jobs' age. He would add 20 to 30 years less to make the money. And the most of his wealth that he has now was over the last 20 or 30 years. So the same way I talk about focusing on the youth in order because of compound education, just imagine what you can do with compound health, right? Healthy habits, right? And each one of these things are adding minutes, hours, days, weeks, years to your life, right? So I, as much as I talk about financial literacy, I also talk about health, you know? And so I, I juice, I, I, I have fruit and veggie smoothies every day. I, I don't eat breakfast, you know, I, I do intermittent fasting because like I have diabetes, high blood pressure, cholesterol. I lost both of my grandparents in their 50s. And the majority of that is, you know, some of it is genetic, you know, but some of it is lifestyle modifications. But to, to the original point, health is well. The longer you live, the more money you can make and the more lives you can impact. It's a black man Sunday.